Welcome to Thrones and Scones. It's your weekday morning podcast where we talk about Game of Thrones over breakfast. It's not important what we said right before we started recording. What is important is that, guys, Game of Thrones is back. Oh, my gosh. Did you know this was coming? I feel like this came out of nowhere. Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, Sunday evening... HBO's just like, hey guys, surprise, Game of Thrones, and everyone around the world was taken by surprise. They're like, we did not know this was happening. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I mean, Hans lives in the Great White North. Jeremy said that he had pretty nice weather, but here, where I am in uh, central Illinois, we have had beautiful 70 degree weather for days. We were 70 today. We'll be in the 80s tomorrow. But yesterday, we got two inches of snow. Right out of the gate, right in the morning, because, ladies and gentlemen, winter is here. <laughs> oh. uh, and I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, I assume, by you guys joining me for this conversation here, by the way, Tony Hans and Jeremy, uh, chatting with you, that you guys watched the, uh, the new episode of Game of Thrones? Because I know when we talked last, we were like, iffy. We didn't know if we were going to check it out. I, I just checked it out. Just, you checked just it thought, out? Just you rolled the die, thought, you know, why not? Um, first, uh, first kind of like, you know, first time watching the show. It was all right. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. I may first go time back. watching the I show at go, all? I may go back and catch a couple. Yeah, that's A couple apps here and there. Do you guys want me to read the plot of the episode? There's a plot? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So it's season eight, episode one, by the way. Um, when I watched it live, it didn't have a title, um, on HBO now or whatever it wouldn't show me a title it just said season eight episode one so i only found out moments ago that the title of the episode was winterfell little lackluster <laughs> if i'm honest but it's you know fitting enough and uh, a, a short little plot here guys you only have six left so if you have any requests for me now's the time <laughs> have have you played sekiro <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> But I got the gist. This is the punk. The greater war has come. The wall that has protected the seven kingdoms has fallen. And the Knight of King's army of the dead marches towards Urtorolos. I feel like we've done this, and we've established after we did it that it was just not funny and racist. <laughs> no, I, I've not nah, didn't get it. Didn't get it. I think <laughs> honestly, it was it felt pretty spot on, racially appropriate. Totally cool. Oh, cool guys. I am. I'm a little disappointed. I mean, again, geographically speaking, it wasn't going to happen. I would have loved to have watched this with you fellas, but I hope that whatever situations you got up to, that they were sufficient. Whether you were huddled over your to- uh, phone on a toilet, public toilet, in a TGI Friday's restroom, or whether you were watching in your, uh, you know, well-lit surround sound basement with vibrating, ass-shaking chairs, uh, like Jeremy. <laughs> always, um, I, always. I, I hope it was a good experience for you, and I want to just... Should we take it top down? There's a lot. Ooh. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Starting with, I got to get your new thoughts on this brand new intro. Like, we've had, we've had updates here and there. This is completely retooled. It looks different. The animation's different. The music is different. And I think it's longer. 
Um, yeah, so the, the animation, uh, I was having... I had, to, I had to pause and rewind it a couple times because I was trying to always to catch all the locations, but um, I think that they kind of explain where the entire season is going to be focused between King's Landing and Winterfell. Um, and they show and focus a lot in the crypts. And I think we talked about this last time about how we think the crypts are going to play a, a key in this season. And I feel like the intro really gives us that that is going to be a focus. I think that um, if if that's true and if that is a bit of foreshadowing, I mean, we also saw the basement of the Red Keep. Right. Is that saying, are we going to raise some skeleton dragons? Yes. And I think that's going to be awesome. I think they're just skulls at this point. But could you imagine, like, you know how, like, you were a kid and you had that little toy that was teeth on legs mm-hmm. <laughs> and it would just, you'd wind it up and it would snap about and you'd like try not to get bit. That's what uh, it would be like, but on excessive psychedelic drugs. <laughs> and I don't know, have we seen like a complete skeleton? Like I mean, we've seen some pretty, you know, rough looking skeleton likes with a lot of flesh still on them, but have we gotten just straight skeletons yeah, yes. I think the the ones what, right when uh, Brandon the Reeds got to the cave, those were pretty much all bone. Okay, because yeah. especially when they came through the little barricade, they just like <laughs> turned into femurs and ribs and shit. Okay, I was trying to remember that. But yeah, uh, I I liked the intro. I kind of disagree as far as like, oh, this is this where the action is going to be centered. I think right from the get go, you see the cool hole in the wall, which was dope. Awesome. And then you see like the ice moving and then you get to the last hearth pretty much, mm-hmm. which spoiler at the end of the episode, we're going to kind of see, you know, an interaction with that. Um, I think that this is going to continue to just move with ends that, you know, slowly but surely whoever had the theory that maybe just maybe um, I think it was Rob that we're going to people are going to, you know, start abandoning places and we're going to slowly push, push, push down south. Yeah. I think that might have some merit to it. Yeah. If the intro is anything to go by. Right. Hans, what did you think? Well, as someone who almost exclusively skips the intro (coughs) to the regular show, I did watch this one. Uh, Again, it's been so, it's been so long since I've actually watched the intro that I didn't, I knew it was different, but uh, I didn't even really know how different it was to be honest. Uh, I thought it was good though. I've always enjoyed the intros. I think that, I think it's a cool thing. I thought this one more than the other one was even more, uh, reminiscent of uh, the Westworld intro, though, which I don't know why. Yeah, it was just I, a I mean, little more similar. Just, yeah, the 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 style of it is much less. I mean, it's still obviously got the clockwork like animation type thing, but the yeah. actual aesthetic of it is right. a bit more um, on that. You know, feet, yeah, I get the Westworld connection for sure. Yeah, and like I said, I can't even necessarily put my finger on exactly why, but I was thinking Westworld intro when I was watching it. Did we say on the show the theory that we're just in one of the Westworld? No, but that's worlds? excellent. I think that was you that brought that up. I think you did bring that up, actually. Could be. Could have been. Be. I also was thinking my other theory, too, which I don't know if I brought it up on air or off air, is that, again, it's a similar kind of thing that we're, we're you know, we've only been isolated to Westeros, Essos. We haven't really seen much else. So, again, like, what's west of Westeros? I think we just... We pan over at the end of the season. Whatever happens doesn't even really matter. And then it's just all wiped out or whatever. And then you pan over and it's, uh, you know, you're starting to see a little bit 
of a land with more lights and more things, then all of a sudden it just kicks into, I'll be there for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. See, I think that that's, I think that that's a decent ending. It's not as good as the ending that's going to happen, which is we're going to kind of, you know, the con, everyone's going to get wiped out and then we're going to pan out. We're going to see the continent of Westeros in the sea we're going to see Essos next to it. We're going to kind of pan out a little bit more. The sun's going to glint off the water just right. It's going to look all beautiful, pristine, and white and bright. You're going to pan out farther. You're going to see more and more continents. No. Cornflakes. They're in a bowl of cereal. <laughs> scooped up by George R.R. R. Martin, who just eats them. <laughs> and then Fibers simultaneously good. takes a shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well... Of course, one of those three things is going to happen in five episodes' time. But in episode one, we start off um, in a scene heavy with callback to season one, episode one, with an army marching in to Winterfell. Um, Danny has arrived. They wasted no time with that, which I appreciate. Uh, I, I didn't want to see them having to deal with finagling to get to Winterfell. I like that they just cut to it. Um, I didn't really have any doubt on that, but I like that we see it. I like the kid watching the army, being reminiscent of Arya doing that, um, climbing, being reminiscent of Bran doing that, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's good stuff. What did you guys think of uh, of the introductions? Good. I think, uh, I think, I mean, so my overarching comment on the episode, which goes into the introductions, because I feel like mm. that's really the, central theme of this episode was just characters meeting that have not met for a long time or characters meeting that have not ever met and that was really the majority of the show and i'm i'm glad in a way that i kind of hope that this was the episode that just gets all that out of the way not to say i didn't like it because i did like those reunions i thought some of them were very good very emotional i enjoyed all that there were things i wanted to see things we've been waiting for a long time but there's also a lot more killing I want to see. Sure. I, <laughs> I mean, didn't see much. We didn't. I mean, we lost uh, a few sailors, and that might be it. Well, we lost a few sailors, presumably a castle full of people. Yes, hey, presumably, yes. <laughs> um, but we only saw one child. Uh, and I think that was it. Yeah, no, no, like central, no big, big name deaths. Are you trying to imply that? The nine-year-old Lord Umber was not near and dear to your heart. (laughs) I didn't even know who that was, to be honest. My gosh. Well, all right. Uh, (laughs) Did we have him on our list? No. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we had, but we had Dario. No one's pulling ahead yet. But but we had Dario Naharis on our list. We pretty much have confirmed (laughs) he's not going to be in this season. (laughs) No, in that in that procession into their. I think Arya seeing them come in was, I don't know if it was necessary because, you know, she sees John, she sees other people. I mean, the hound like, and just doesn't say anything. Um, And I don't know why. Right. I liked it actually. Um, Just because of the kind of shadow that it has to her in the first uh, in the first season where she sees everyone before they're there. But whereas in the first season, she's excited and everything. And here I think she's, she is excited when she sees John, she almost goes to say something and she kind of holds back right. a little bit. Um, I think she's really just 
getting a feel, you know? Yeah. And, and I was going to say, so I think that she's no longer a kid, right? And she yeah. gets that this is not a happy gathering, right? Like, this is something It's like, look, we're all here. Yay. It's like, wait a minute. We're all here because we're all going to die. Like, yeah. we, this is it. Like, that whole build up to the war. Oh, no. We are now doing this. Like, no more yeah. waiting. Um, and there, I think she gets yeah. that. You're so right. And I think that's super evident in um, just a, a few moments after that when we finally, <laughs> seven seasons in the making, get the Arya and Jon Snow reunion, which had me choking up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I I have been aching for this moment, so much so that I didn't think we were necessarily going to get it until that trailer dropped. And even then I kind of thought it was teasing me. And the fact that they worked a little bit of tension into that moment at first pissed me off. And then I think really set the tone of everything for me. Where this is, for all intents and purposes, ignoring the last scene, kind of a happy episode. And uh, the fact that there is still this underlying thread, even between these characters who should have nothing but like just pure joy for a minute or two about seeing each other again uh i think is is really cool so i'll start there then fine because that did piss me off too (laughs) um because i was like because we all know how i feel about sansa um like fuck that no way the aria's like she's the smartest woman i've ever known and john's like what what the why the fuck would you say that like really she's the smartest person you've ever known Sansa the girl gets like makes some of the dumbest decisions ever in this show and she's the one that you think is smart and I get what she's saying in the sense that she is maybe learning to play the game now and Arya is looking up to her in that sense but I don't think Sansa has ever came off as the one that you look up to to making good decisions I mean I think since Arya has been back in the picture Sansa has been pretty freaking cunning yeah, but that doesn't mean the things that she did prior are void. Arya wasn't around. Yeah, yeah, you got to remember, like Arya doesn't know her like we do, right? She only knows her from when they recently met up, which they did the whole Lord Baelish trick thing, and she's obviously been managing Winterfell pretty well. And uh, I, I agree with you in the sense that yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call Sansa the most cunning, given her history that we know. But Arya <laughs> doesn't know that, you know. I don't know. I just thought it was a weird thing. I mean, I know she makes the point of family and those things, and she, she's like, no, 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 no. We don't. We won't stand against each other, and you need to remember that. At the end of the day, we are supposed to be one family, and I think that's what John reads at the end of that. But initially, when that statement was made of like, don't make fun of her, he's like, what are you talking about? Like, you guys don't get along, and and she's like, well, that's over. Now it's like we are one kind of thing. It's also kind of a moment when I was realizing that from some aspects, this is certainly not true, but like just looking at personalities strictly, Arya and Sansa have, and Bran, have grown up oh, yeah. a phenomenal amount. Totally. And Jon Snow might be clinging to a little bit of this, like he's like, hey, let's let's jump back in. And Arya's like, shit's different now. Like, right. you know, I'm happy you're here. And yeah, we... we you know we're we're getting we're we're getting after that paper, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Know, and John John definitely different. still has that whole like doofus kind of thing occasionally, right? Where it's like John, no, he explained this, this, and this, and this. He's like, oh, oh I get it now. 
sorry, late to the party. And you're like, oh, John. But I mean, I feel like that's very much still his character where I agree. Everyone else has become more mature and developed more into a more complex person. John still has that whole I'm the bastard son and, you know, I've kind of fallen my way into things and I just make irrational decisions like like chasing Rickon down. Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily go so far as to say that he's... I think he's lost a bit of the brooding, but just from an element of... John is still a little, like, wide-eyed. True. You know, he's yeah. he's got a very optimistic view of things. In I mean... So far as he said, like, hey, you know, we're all going to be fucked, blah, 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 blah. But, like, also, he is just kind of being like, hey, here's all these people. I brought them in. It's no big deal, all right? It's no big deal. Everyone's fine with it. It's going to be great. And uh, it's not It's not great. There's a lot of tension. What do you guys think about the, uh, the interesting introduction of Daenerys and Sansa and the uh, couple scenes that we get from that? I kind of expected it. I didn't really expect Sansa to welcome anyone into Winterfell. Like she's her character too, just driven by her development and all the things that have happened, not only being from the North and already being kind of stubborn and not necessarily welcoming to others. She's gone through a lot of shit to make her very wary of strangers. So I think, yeah. uh, I think she has a, you know, a relative right to be a little bit uh, off putting, but. And I think they make Danny a bitch in this episode. I kind of got that vibe right from the get-go as well. I, I, I mean, they pulled back from it pretty quickly, but that whole scene where she's riding, she's feeling uncomfortable, the dragons come by and literally terrify people, and she starts, like, smiling. Yeah, I feel like they very... I would almost argue that they set, they're set they setting up already the crazy Danny in a way. Like... I, oh, okay, I... I don't know if we want to jump to the end now, but I have a counterpoint. Oh, that's okay. Well, I mean, we can, I mean, we'll get there, but I really we can talk about that. But I felt like Danny's character comes off almost a little psychotic in this episode mm. on a couple different interactions where you're like, "Oh shit, that's uncomfortable," and you're smiling. That's fucking weird. Where everyone else is like, "That's uncomfortable." At least, no matter what tension brews, we can count on. Abrupt brand <laughs> to to break that tension with a knife. We don't have time for this. They have your dragon. He's dead now. <laughs> the wall is burned and we're fucked. And I'm just like, yes, Bran. Yes. Man, Brad, you just cut to the chase. Oh. I like how liked so does I like how John just doesn't really say anything about all that. Like yeah. this is new to John, right? I mean, this yeah, no, so doesn't it's new to everyone. He doesn't ask what happened. He doesn't really say anything about it. He just kind of takes it. I guess uh, I'm curious as to how much John is in the know, because there has to be at least a little bit of Raven communication or something, because he asks where Arya is. Sure. So he knows that she arrived. Um, so I, I assume there's something there. And uh, John did know that Bran went north from Sam, he knew that there was something weird going on. So I, I don't, maybe he expects a little bit of oddness. Maybe he's just biting his tongue for now. I don't know. Um, I liked Sansa and Tyrion's conversation. I thought was very cool. They kind of have, well, first of all, we get, we get a little bit of an introduction with everyone in, th- in the throne room, I don't know, dining room <laughs> of Winterfell. People are chatting. Sansa's like, 
okay, yeah, this is great. The army is all cool, but what are we going to feed them? And what do dragons eat? And Daenerys just goes, whatever they want, and like glares at Sansa. Glares at everyone in the room almost, like, including you. Yeah. Um, But it made me chuckle. And then, uh, yeah, then her and Tyrion get to have a little bit of a of a conversation. To which the person I was watching it with went, "Do you think they're technically still married?" Oh God, thank you, Jordan. I was about to say that. I was like, "So they're they're husband and wife." Do you think that sticks? No, I think like from a Westerosi law perspective, because I did get my degree in uh, in Westerosi law. Uh, I didn't finish, but I think that I have a little bit of two semesters. Here. Two semesters. You got. You got your degree, you just didn't take the bar. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not licensed. <laughs> yeah. Um, they uh, they never consummated the marriage, and and then she has been re uh, married. Remarried. So I, I think that she's probably, uh, you know, unclaimed goods. I mean, three marriages, rough life. Three? Just two. Didn't, well, Joff, oh, sorry. She yeah. was betrothed she, to Joffrey. Yeah, my bad. She never yeah. officially married Joffrey. Yeah, I was. I don't know why I missed that one. But she's yeah. always had a. She's always had a, a rough boo. Yeah. Beside her, but I liked their conversation a lot. I liked the, uh, because I kind of get in the circumstances how Tyrion falls for Cersei's thing, but with the amount of like thinking he's had to do since then, the fact that Sansa has to go like, I thought you were the cleverest person. I had ever met and just walk away to like basically tell him like don't be a doughy-eyed idiot of course she's not gonna help you like of course and it was oh. and, and again Tyrion even in the uh, the dining hall where he kind of steps in trying to explain hey no we're, this is a good thing we're all here together I know that there's some questions of who who you know kind of who are we honoring and all the things and who is in this room is royalty your king versus the queen now um but and i feel like john doesn't give a good speech or explanation he kind of stumbles through that in a way uh yeah i feel i mean it wasn't sure. it wasn't satisfying and i feel like the people in the room are like fuck you like we made you king you got to show more respect to that and he's like fuck royalty none of that matters and again like that's kind of blunt and maybe it should have been that simple of like who cares who your leader is unless we do this together none of us make it out it's uh, and danny doesn't help danny makes it super awkward in the room as always yeah hans what did what did you get from the vibe of that whole thing i don't know i i get i get the north being upset about it but i get i think i mean what else was john gonna do Anyway, right? The thing I don't understand about that whole dynamic is the show's obviously trying to build some sort of framework for just tension between Danny and John and having him be, you know, the heir and all this stuff. Uh, But them also being in love with each other and also being family. (laughs) And (laughs) also, like, it's just that I don't, and I don't necessarily really know where they're going with it. And I can't quite figure it out, but I, I think it does do something, right? So if he's the heir, but then he already kind of, uh, in the North's mind, he kind of already gave up his, like, he didn't want to be king for them, but then he's going to find out that he's actually the birthright king of the whole thing and i, don't, I guess i don't even know how to how, like if you're the north how do you take that then like 
I don't. True. I don't know. It's kind of a strange dynamic. I don't really know what what's gonna make out of it. Which is the original reason why I said that John wouldn't care that it would be Daenerys who's the one who has an issue with John's lineage. Um, the end of the episode makes me kind of second guess that a little bit, but we'll get to it in a moment. I do want to just reassure anyone who's listening who might be bummed out with our with our you know dredging up all this shit. Um, you know, we're trying to get into the nitty gritty. We're trying to look forward and we're trying to dissect things. I did very much enjoy this episode. I oh yeah, I thought it was there. good. Uh, and then the whole three amigos conversation we're talking about, uh, Danny and John, you know, Severus, Tyrion, and Davos when they're like, oh. "Yeah, proposal is exactly what I propose." I was yeah. like, "Yeah, I mean, it's such a short." I feel like the whole engagement marriage thing in in the game of thrones seems to be very quick right they're like you guys look good together you guys should get married yeah Tyrion playing it close to his chest doesn't doesn't let in on the fact that he knows they're fucking seemingly i mean unless that conversation happened off screen seemed like it did not no i don't think it uh, does the uh i I do want to just change tones and talk about the next bit which is my favorite bit of the episode and i'm sad to say that it involves euron Greyjoy. But it does, because Cersei Lannister is by a goddamn country mile my favorite part in every aspect of this episode. First off, we go to King's Landing. Euron and the Golden Company arrive at court. We meet uh, Captain Strickland, who has a weird voice and a weird face, and I, I don't like him. I already want to punch him. It's great. Euron does his typical little pouty emo thing of like, mm, why won't you just suck it? And she's like, <laughs> just <laughs> she, a tip. Yeah, she has that great line, you know, you want a whore, buy one. You want a queen, earn her, and uh, which has been memed to death already. And walks away, and you can see Lena Headey's acting. The next ten minutes after that is incredible. You can see it in her where she's she just has the the cogs turn in she's like this will take this will take a little bit of my time it secures something it prevents a disaster who whatever and so her and you're on bone did not see this coming did not see that coming either. um very much not expecting it they bone first of all by the way golden company's introduced she's like you got twenty thousand men he's like yes she's like you got two thousand horses he's like yes she's like and you've got elephants and he's like well we can't really take them on the boats. And she's like, well, that sucks ass. So obviously, the first thing anybody would say in post-coital talk as you're on Greyjoy pulls up his pants is, I really wanted those elephants. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best line of the whole episode. She's just sitting there drinking. And then Euron's uh, kind of talking. You know, He's prompting her further. She's kind of like, you know, teasing enough out of him to keep him interested and... Um, but there are just a couple moments where she has these looks when he when he talks about a baby. She kind of has this little flash of a smile to get him off. And the second like that door shuts, there's just like an almost split second of her crying that goes away. It was awesome. I loved every yeah. moment of yeah. the Cersei bits that we got in this episode. So we agree, not pregnant. I think she is pregnant. I think she's upset that it's uh, you know. I mean, Jamie's gone. I think that's hitting her. Yeah. Because she, even when he said, like, I Kingslayer, took it, yeah. even when he said Kingslayer, I didn't necessarily take her kind of expression or her emotion as like, oh, you know about that. I took it much more as like, 
her feels for Jamie kind of thing. Like at this point, at this point, like she's got to know that most people know about that. I don't think she cares. I don't think she cares. I I do like that subtlety of like, you know, if you're just kind of watching at the surface level, you think like, oh, she's just kind of shocked that he knows that it's her brother and they're doing it or whatever. But I think it was much more, much deeper than that, that like just even bringing up him makes her realize like what she just did and you know feeling this remorse and guilt in my mind which again is not something she necessarily ever feels or we see out of her so i thought that was pretty powerful for that you know short of a moment you know um does she know at the end that he's going to winterfell yeah yeah i mean they mention it in the show okay yeah because in the subsequent least favorite part of the episode that i have Kyburn comes in and hires Bronn to seemingly assassinate. Oh god, Tyrion I know. What a what a dumb fucking Um and says, does say like the Queen's brothers will most likely not survive their northern excursions. Um so yeah, th- seemingly they know, obviously, but that and the whole thing I mean the the prostitute thing was funny. It was our only juggly moment of the show, which is great. We checked that box. Um, it was a nice moment from the aesthetic, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was funny. It was fine. Why? I don't get it. Like it's, it, the, the only line that kind of redeems it is Kyburn's thing of like poetic justice. Like, I guess it would be poetic for Braun to kill Tyrion and or Jamie with the crossbow or with whatever, but it's just so, it seems so forced from a narrative perspective. In my head, Cersei would kill this dude, not pay him a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I actually just I don't like I didn't like any of that because it doesn't fit the story for me. It it doesn't even I mean Cersei, I don't think she has any interest in killing Jamie. I just I don't, don't see it. Tyrion? Fuck. I mean, oh, I sure. think she would do anything to Tyrion. She could care less how the end, but she could care less how he dies, probably. Although, I mean, she likes having meaning behind her traps and all those things. But yeah. Jamie, like, the crossbow, the whole, you know, your dead son love that cross. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I so, didn't. Just, yeah, I thought that was dumb. Um, at this point, if. I don't think Bronn would go through with it, but like the fact that he even seems to consider it, seems to accept, like, <sighs> I is he? Do you really think at this point he's that money crazed to just no. like do with that? I and didn't I, buy it. And I like, I don't un- expect that the writers of the show even think that we would buy that. So I, yeah, it just okay. seems weird. And I don't. And I'm, I'm thinking there's got to be. I'm hoping that that's a bigger setup to some other plot line or something or some twist because it doesn't make any sense to me. It seems too obvious. Like it seems too weird. It's like something else is going on. Like Cersei knows how much time Bronn spent with Jaime and knows how much time she's, he spent with Tyrion. So unless it was just from a standpoint of, she thinks that he's the only guy that could get close enough to then kill them or something. But I just don't see her thinking that he's actually going to do it. Mm No, no, but. My uh, my heart did actually drop when Kyburn started talking and walked in because I thought we were gonna get a Pycelle type moment where they kids just swarm in and stab Braun or something. Yeah, uh, I, thought we're, I thought we were about to lose him. Yeah, for sure. And that would have been actually uh, a pretty significant loss in the show already. Yeah. That probably been a good way to kill him. So, um, you know, but anyway, like yeah. the, but the whole pox ba- the whole pops girl, yeah, or whatever. Weird. 
Yeah. That was a weird statement too. The uh <clears throat> but props to Braun, by the way, just a little side comment. Uh killer cool down time. <laughs> <laughs> it's true just immediately well done uh well done braun oh um do you guys want to i think we're about to get into some cool stuff so do you guys have a a least favorite part of the episode that you want to touch on if we haven't already cg th- cg dragons <laughs> i think i have some competing least favorite parts one we have not talked about which we're getting to which has to do with CG dragons. <laughs> One that we just talked about, and that's the bronze scene. Uh, and again, it's isolated to this episode. If that storyline pans out, sure, that's fine. But right now, forced. Seems weird. Yeah. Um, okay. Well then, right before the CG dragons, just because I think this also probably stems on that level, um, somehow, pretty easily and simply, Theon rescues Yara in like 45 seconds. Yeah, no biggie. Time. Yeah. Um, which, on the one hand, they make a point to say, and they have said it before, like, Euron cut out the tongues of all of his crew members. So when he's not around, no one can yell or anything. So if they got into the ship without being noticed, I kind of buy it. But the fact that they got away, it, it seemed very easy. I was really pegging one of them to die in this episode. I thought the rescue would happen. I thought it would kill one of them. And uh, the fact that they just kind of both got away i didn't like i did like the little thing where theon kind of not only gets the courage to rescue his sister then gets the courage to like leave her and say like i gotta go help these guys uh, you know and what is dead may never die but kill the bastards anyway <laughs> that's a pretty good pretty yeah good that one. was no, i liked that so then is yara just going back to the iron islands like we're done with her that's it i guess so okay do you think her statement of like Having a place for Danny to retreat is because they know Winterfell is going to fall? I, I don't know. I think Yara probably just wants to go home. No, I know, but I mean, I feel like, do, I mean, do you feel like that's like a, a writer's having an explanation that they needed to have that happen so Yara can go home so that they can have a place to go? That would be away from, uh, you know, off maybe. of the beaten path and everything like that. Maybe. But is it I, bet, I bet we don't see the Iron Islands again. What about Dragonstone? You think we see Dragonstone again? I don't think for any merit. Mm. Once they introduce a, a dragon with the with the army of the dead, Nothing the ocean thing kind of becomes irrelevant. So unless they down that dragon pretty quickly. I yeah, and you can always then raise the dead there and then create another army there. <laughs> True. Yeah, I don't know what the reach is like, to be honest. It's like got a good like 100 yard thing, you know? Oh. It's vi- nice. visualization, maybe, so maybe it's a little more. So Nice. Is it centered on the caster, or do you have to pick a point within range? A point within range is what I <laughs> understand. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. That's that's super useful, then. That's a great AOE. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> that we're clear on that. All right. Let's talk dragons, then. Danny and John, they're, uh, they're having a little chat. Danny says, oh, my gosh, the dragons aren't eating. We got to go see them. Dragons seem to be uh, doing okay. Eating okay, yeah. <laughs> Danny no longer is worried about them eating well. He's like, ah, eh, fuck it, we're fine. She's like, yeah, they're malnourished. Let's take them for a test drive. <laughs> and, uh, and we see what I gotta be honest should have been a bigger moment, a more emotional moment than the kind of lighthearted thing that they played it off. Yeah. But it was kind of satisfying to watch. John ride a dragon. Yeah. 
It was fine, but I mean, they played it up, which again, granted, it is riding a freaking dragon. So, like, I get that it would not just be supernatural. But, I mean, they did play it kind of, you know, almost comedy sketch-like of him, yeah. like, him Ooh, kind of... Hand almost ha- falling off. Yeah, falling off and all this stuff, and I don't know. It was fine. Yeah, it, sh- it should have been a cooler moment, but uh, yeah, the uh, it didn't look good. <laughs> From uh, I mean the dragons I thought looked fine. Anytime they they're shown riding them, it doesn't look good. I I don't care that much. We've established that. I no. You know they're doing what they can. And I was I'm, thinking about this too when I was watching it. And I, anytime the scene in my opinion is panned back, even if they're on the dragons, if it's more of like a top shot and you see the full dragon, you see the full scenery, and they're they're less of the focal point of the scene. I think it looks. I think it's it looks good. great. Or yeah. even when the dragons land and they're like panning down on them, I think it looks phenomenal. It's just when they do, and why, like, just stop doing that motherfucking cut. Stop doing that shot where it's like <laughs> right on their face and it's, yeah. or it's like kind of on the side of Danny when it's a such, so obviously like green screened and, and all that yep. stuff. Yep. Just don't do it. <laughs> we yeah. get it. We we get it. We get it. We get it. You got a lot of fucking money to burn. What did you guys think about the? Uh, I, I got heavy egret vibes from that scene. Alone by some frozen oh, water. Yeah. We could stay here forever. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was weird. Strangely, yeah. Too, I kind of like John's. Egret. John, not not the you know most jovial, you know, pun, sort of person. But when Danny's like, we could stay here for a thousand years, and he goes, we'd be very old. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like the kind of, again, the whole scene was just, it was almost too lighthearted. And I wonder if, I think the issue here is that the entire audience watching knows that they're related. Right. So like if they make it. I think it, that that's what's being if it, it So like how else are you going to play it out? If you play it too serious or too, uh, too heavy, it's just going to be kind of gross. So you almost got to keep it lighthearted. But then they go as far as to have, like, John, like, one eye in the dragon as he's kissing Daenerys. It's just so, like, yeah, so what was that? That's what I wanted to ask. Like, <laughs> I still don't understand. And then the dragon's like. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, his, his cousin <laughs> like dragon's cra- just. Like, crazy eyes? Hey, 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 brah. <laughs> oh, that was. It, I think that, that was just supposed to be a weird, awkward moment. I thought it was funny. And doesn't Danny know the history of dragon riders? Like the literally, it's only Targaryen. It's not. It that's never been established in the show, so I don't know if that's oh. something that they're going for. I okay. have seen that online, and that it is very much a thing in the books. Not Targaryens, but Valyrians. Sorry, Valyrian. Yeah. Um, so, but still, but, like you would think that I don't know. Yeah. So if, if that is something they're going for in the show, because Viserys did talk about dragons a lot, and Daenerys knew about them growing up, yes, she should know that. Um, and it certainly seems like they're implying that John has a, a pretty good knack for it. I mean, they've definitely implied it with him just being able to touch the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't really feel if they're trying to insert that lore or not. I'll be interested to see how it plays out. So besides like Tyrion, John, and Danny, has anyone else been able to pet the dragons essentially? Well, we had a bunch of people ride him. Uh, to get out of the north, I bet they probably sneaked in a couple paths. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cat, eh? Cat, eh? <laughs> yeah. 
I think that was it. Right. As we I was just trying to think if any of them have, had had any positive interactions. The Except way. when they were little. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the one uh, chick Directly. would carry one of them, right? Yeah. The one that stole them? Yeah. And she got locked in a safe, you know. Yeah, that's going to be super fun. Uh, all right. Uh, in another great acting moment that I got to be honest, I didn't like the first time I watched it. I liked it the second time I watched it very much. Um, that was, I want to say John Cryer. His name isn't John Cryer, is it? What's Sam's actor's name? I'm, gonna look I'm not up. sure. I'm not sure. Um, but Samuel Tarley being told by Danny that, uh, his family was roasted alive, kind of. Super psychopathic moment. John Bradley. John Cryer's from Two and a Half Men. <laughs> um, very good acting there. I, the, the thing I didn't like the first time is it looks like he really gets teared up when she tells him about his dad, who he hates. Thank you. Thank um, you. But then I kind of, I got thinking about it. So I, well, it's not in Sam's character to really hate anybody. And then the second time I watched it, he doesn't really get choked up so much as he is just like kind of, emotionally affected by the news because he even does kind of give like a nervous little giggle like it you know it, it, it's rocked his world it doesn't mean that it's devastated him um i get that his brother's death really affects him in, in a in a bit of a different way and i think that it's affecting him as we see in the next scene in the sense that he is learning more about her very quickly very aggressively and through a very specified point of view um what, what do you guys think about this scene because i also talked to some people who felt that um, Sam, if he's going to be the wedge between John and Danny, seems a little forced. Jeez. And that's what I was going to say. So I felt like he had an extreme overreaction in the sense his that... His brother and to, father being melted? Yeah, yeah. To, I mean, to the dad especially. It's mm-hmm. like he, he in, in the same like minute span, asked for a pardon for essentially betraying his family... And yet, then is so heartbroken about a family that doesn't seem to have have cared or taken care of him, or been pleasant to him in a very long time. I just yeah, I don't know. And he goes from like being upset to being vengeful almost, like in a like, let me now with this very heavy weighted, disastrous information, the most powerful thing that's ever been said on the show. Let me just rush and and, and 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 tell John this and so that he understands he's gotta be he's gotta be the king. Well that wasn't his idea. That's no. idea. But he's doing it in a mindset that he just found out that his father and brother were roasted by the current queen. Sure. So so it seems like okay, well here's my revenge. I'm gonna go tell John. Uh yeah, I didn't I mean I I thought the scene was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think any anyone telling you you're... I, I don't know the connection he has with his brother. So I bought that part of it. Um, and I just kind of took it all in together. And I actually kind of liked the scene. And it was funny when I was watching it. As I, almost, like, as I was watching it, I totally forgot. Just wasn't even thinking about the fact, you know, in the beginning of that mm. conversation. Which I think is exactly what they wanted in, in that conversation. Because, again, these characters don't know that they have that connection when they first start talking right. and it comes off very lighthearted. I, I liked the, I liked the scene where 
Sam's kind of asking for a pardon and Jorah's in the background kind of laughing because it's a bit of, you know, it's so like, you know, Sam's so nervous and all this stuff yeah. asking for this. And it's <laughs> such a minor request, you know, for, and Jorah's kind of in the back snickering or laughing. And, uh, and then it just, you know, like just immediately flips when, when they discover this. And I, I kind of like to see how the scene played out. Uh, I didn't necessarily take Sam telling John as necessarily as necessarily like revenge or uh, in spite or anything um when I first watched it I guess I could see how you could maybe come to that conclusion a little bit now but it to me that's all just driven by Bran and just you know the Sam wanting to do what's right or wanting to tell John the truth and you know this is big information it is important and I think if anything not necessarily revenge of just kind of learning who Daenerys is and all this stuff like Sam doesn't really have significant connections to Daenerys but you know he does to John so like yeah. that information he's not going to just withhold from John so I don't know I thought it all played out fine if anybody out there listening in does have a Bran is the villain theory um, I mean Bran would know what state of mind Samwell's in and if he's trying to push a button in a certain way maybe he's playing into that maybe. I don't think that well, it could be. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, so John, not John, Sam, gosh, too many three-letter names, goes into the crypts to tell John about his true parentage um, in what is like the third time that we've heard it, um, the first time that John is hearing it, uh, in another kind of echoed scene where in the crypts, we're with Liana's statue, we're talking about Robert and her, like, it's a, you know, it's a powerful moment. It is, from a tonal perspective, from a visual perspective, with the lighting things that they did with Kit's face and everything. I and this could it could be a it could be nothing. It could be a false you know red herring type of thing. It was dark for a minute there. It kind of seemed like John might be the one to turn because everything about my being and my understanding of John's character leads me to say that, yeah, he might be, he'd absolutely be shaken up at the news, but his questions would be about, about, you know, his parentage or about how did they know or this, that, the other thing. His questions are about like Daenerys' queen. It's treason. Like, you know, it's, it's like, it's hesitation about doing something with this information. Right, like he gets what the information means. Yes, which like, could be which could be just him being cautious, saying like, "Hey, I don't want I don't want this to come out." Like, which is what I've kind of suspected, but the way that they played it out tonally seemed a bit more nefarious to me. Um, if they try to turn John into a villain, I will be upset. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't get the villain thing. I think he get. I, I mean, I think he realizes, and I, I think. Uh, right, you know, rightfully, um, this information is the end of Danny and him, it sh- or should be by all accounts, right? Sure. You know, I don't, I don't think in a in a person who has been so hesitant with love and everything, I don't think he would let himself have an ancestral relationship at all. And on top of that, he knows now that when the truth is found out, the people of the North will never accept her. Right, 
Oh, because if we're going to take a Targaryen, why don't we just have the one we, we know? We'll like, take our king, right? Now our king literally is the king. Now, the question is, is will they accept now him no longer being a Stark? Because they said you are king of North because we have chosen you. We didn't yeah. necessarily choose you because you were a Stark. Yes, you were raised. Well, he was never a Stark. Right. He was raised, essentially, in the Stark house. So they feel that connection, yeah. but he is the king of the north because he's the king of the north. But they, yeah, I don't know though because they even say, I, I, you know, again, I think, I think there's both sides to that as well that you could argue because they, you know, on one hand they do say, you know, we're choosing you as king of the north, but they also mention in another scene I can't remember exactly what scenes, but in that whole line of events or, or, or some of those northern people, they say he's still got Stark blood in him, or like he's still got you know the blood of the Starks and stuff, which he does. You know, now he obviously doesn't, right? Well, he still so, does. Yeah, because I he, guess he's still got his mom know, is. Stark. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. I wasn't even thinking of that. And that actually, I Women think, solidifies the north. <laughs> Women count. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, so exactly. Me like, too, right in Jeremy's line of thinking, then there's absolutely no way. Well, they already don't want to accept an heiress, so. Well, that's my point, is they already feel that way, and now you're going to literally give them the easiest solution. And Danny is going to flip the fuck out. And we have already seen crazy building in this episode. Uh, but, and that's that's cool. That's what I hope for. And again, if they're going to do it with John, I'm sure they'll do it justice. I am along for this ride, but. Uh, it, it's not something that I was prepared to see, so I'm interested to see how it plays out. Um, and I, I know she's gonna die, but I don't. I actually am not looking forward to it. I'm starting to second guess it. Actually, <laughs> I'm. Oh, I'm terrible at predicting things. I can never stick to anything. I'm just. I'm ready to see, man. I tell you what. Speaking of predicting, I tried to convince you guys so hard, and you wouldn't fall for it, but finally I was proven right. I told you all along that Tormund and Beric weren't dead. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Called it. All right, yeah, somehow they lived. They are, uh, they are up. It's tough for me to tell from that scene whether they were with the Night's Watch and then they were like searching the castle and then they re-met up or if they somehow met up with the Night's Watch in that castle, which seems like it would be real coincidental. I don't know. Um, but uh, Tormund and uh, Ed have a pretty funny moment with uh, <laughs> Stay back, his eyes are blue. My so eyes have always been blue. <laughs> so I'm assuming they're both working their way south, right? The Night's Watch got yeah. the raven. Fuck that. Come down here now. But they've got to realize that they're essentially uh the the army now is ahead of them so they're they're trailing this entire yeah, time yeah they say at some point uh ed says at some point like here's yeah, the last place they were sawn or something and torment says if the horses hold out we should beat them to winterfell um seemingly knowing the pace at which they're moving but it's uh kind of unclear also the scene with the kid on the wall was absolutely terrifying yeah holy shit that gave me almost nightmares yeah, that was oh. that was a little rough i could shot. see it from the second that it's like torment in a third of the screen i was like oh that kid is gonna fucking open his eyes it was so well done though oh too. it was very good so initially i thought the kid was alive as in like literally alive and like had been pinned there and not oh. dead and then i was like oh no 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 this is the yeah, okay never mind that freaking scream too 
kept going and kept getting weirder and weird. Jeremy uh, mentioned it before we actually started recording. Do you guys think there's going to be some some sort of explained symbology behind the weird uh, art projects of the White Walkers? I kind of hope so. It's it's cool. Like I like the mystery behind it. I like that. I like to think that there's something else going on, but who knows? He's like, no, guys, I'm going for a circle feel. So no corners, just <laughs> circles. Well, I mean, I kind of even took that whole thing as being, you know, a step further to the symbolism in the sense that the kid was staked through the heart, kind of like the White Walkers were made, you know? And then on, not only that, on the symbol, on all that, like I kind of took the whole thing as uh, as some sort of sign or some sort of message. And I don't, who knows if that's exactly what it was or not. It also just kind of looked cool from the standpoint of being fucking scary as shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did look quite cool. You know, Our final scene of the, uh, of the episode is uh, a hooded figure riding into Winterfell. I don't know why he's hooded up. His hair is different. He's got a beard. No one would ever recognize Jamie Lannister from the first season. Because he looks nothing uh, alike. No. Did but you know who it was immediately when you saw the hooded figure? I did not. Me either. Um, I, I admit, I, I had no idea. Yeah. I was, I mean, like, I, I was kind of thinking Braun, actually, initially. I don't know. I, I literally had no thoughts. I, it could have been somebody new. It could have been... Uh, I was just like kind could of interested Theon. in seeing it. And then um, I wasn't surprised. I figured Jamie would kind of get north this episode or the next. So uh, it didn't surprise me, but it was uh, it was a cool moment. And then I like that they ended just on him and, uh, and Bran. I thought it was funny, not at all ominous. I thought it was like hilarious. Yeah. Well, I, I'm 100% expecting Bran to not give a shit. Yeah. Just yeah. like he does and with he everything else. He doesn't care. He won't. He won't even. Man, won't even, probably won't even say anything. About I just it. want him to like raise his hand and be like, huh? <laughs> and then put his hand back down and go on to staring at someone else. We don't have time for this. <laughs> seen the, there are so many memes about this freaking episode already. Have you guys seen the one that's like Bran and it's like Jamie like looking at Bran and Bran's just holding up a picture of like a crappy child's drawing of like two people having sex and it's like <laughs> you and your sister. <laughs> I just. Yeah, I I thought the only thing that that moment did anything, as far like for me anyway, was that it was just another callback to the first episode of the show, yeah. which was kind of cool. It just brought it full circle. This episode was very much an ode to the original episode, so yeah, I kind of liked that. Just to, I, I think it from a again from the standpoint of like saying a lot through one little scene to me it kind of brought me back through the whole show and it kind of reinforced this reinforced this central theme of of this season or this you know where we've come the show's like shit <clears throat> that doesn't matter at all like that was the biggest cliffhanger of the first episode and like that was so much happened because of that moment and now we've come full all the way back around and now thinking back it's like well that did doesn't really mean shit now you know what i mean <laughs> and it's i just thought it was kind of a cool thing yeah an interesting lesson in perspective um i yeah i thought it was great first episode ain't gonna win any awards but i thought it was really solid i enjoyed it was it worth the two goddamn years of waiting i don't know but uh i i was i was really giddy and i did not sleep very much on sunday night 
Yeah, for me, I mean, I think, uh, granted, it's kind of like all the seasons, right? Uh, when, when we went back and reviewed a lot of these episodes, we multiple, how many times did we say like, oh, watching this episode the first time when you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. was very interesting, was cool. Watching it again, kind of knowing the outline of the story, either made episodes good or bad, or, or single moments good or bad. And I think this episode is the same way. I mean, I was far too hyped to objectively assess this episode, right? Like, Have you uh, only watched it once? I've only watched it once. Oh, you poor, poor man. Three times for me. Uh, I just like, I don't even know if I could watch it more than once. <laughs> I thought the episode was fine, but again, it's just a lot of character reunions and it was really to me again getting a lot of that stuff out of the way for what i assume to be a pretty intense season so what do you think what do you think of Arya's weapon with gendry oh yeah i i've tried to pause it and take a look and see so it's got it looks like uh like a uh a staff that's split um but connects via like a like a tube and insert and then the tip is like a double-edged spearhead sword. Wait a minute, Jeremy. Give, what was it? Give me that was, one more time. It was it was like <laughs> a tip and then the hole. And you just... Okay. And, they, and they pull it out. But okay. there was like a mechanism. So when you went in slowly, you could pull it out fast. But then go back in slowly. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. it looked like some sort of spear detachable type thing. I'm just trying to see the benefit. I think it's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be a uh, projectile weapon, like a shooting it's, kind of thing. But what? Wait, what do you mean a shooting type of thing? Like just like you know, like some like, like a hand, firearm. Yeah, like like a uh, <laughs> yeah. like a crossbow kind of thing, but not a crossbow. What like does the, what with what technology that she is enlisting Gendry to make? Well, Gendry is you know he's very good at creating weapons. You see that axe and that shitty looking axe he's like you're getting better i'm like really that looks like shit to me but okay well it's made out of glass um but but yeah sure he's a good blacksmith doesn't mean he can make guns and shit that don't exist <laughs> yeah i think he can though um so i yeah i don't know i didn't even really i should have paused it or tried to look at it. i didn't really get a good look at the thing I did the gendry aria by the way i know that aria's had some weird interactions with uh with people Gendry and Arya was okay. The Hound and Arya was okay. That was disappointing. We, yeah, that we should, was disappointing. I wanted so much more from that interaction. I mean, there were moments when he was smiling. I was like, just say something nice. Like, you know you want to. And then you have to be such a dick. Yeah. And it's like, I, why? Why? Like, you have every bit of respect for what she did. You supposedly have grown from that. I would have bought it. If they didn't have the scene with the Hound and Brienne, where the Hound was like, basically talking her up, like, you know, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't need no help, and I'm not gonna stand in her way, and he like smiles yeah. a little bit, like, yeah. the fact that they had that moment kind of ruined this moment a little bit. Also, am I missing something? Where is Brienne? She was there, wasn't she? No. Yeah. Did she go somewhere that I'm not remembering? Yeah, where did her and Podrick go? Podrick was there. Podrick was there? I thought. I thought I saw him. I don't remember seeing Podrick. Because they went to King's Landing for the meeting, and then I assumed they just came back with him. In the procession at the beginning, did you see Brienne and Podrick riding? I'm Googling it right now. Uh, Okay, yeah. So it's a question. It's not 
No one knows. No one knows. Game of Thrones, season eight. Give us answers. Fans demand to know what happened to Brienne. <laughs> I must have seen Podrick in like the last time on Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, because I thought I the last know. Podrick we got was when Bronn and Podrick went into the city to do whatever. You yeah, know? I believe mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, you're right. But why? I mean, what would they have had to do besides go back? Like fuck. With everyone thicken. else. I mean, yeah, sure, but John and Danny managed to do that and They get were fucking on a boat. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. So and then like, okay, so maybe they didn't take a boat. Maybe they rode horse for some stupid reason. Then they still didn't beat Jamie. So I don't get it, man. Maybe they're dead. Maybe. Maybe we're missing something. Maybe very obviously in the end of season seven, Brienne went, Podrick, do you wanna do, do, do you fancy a trip down to Dorn? And he's like, Yes, my lady. And we totally missed that. But I don't recall. Um, so, guys, we've waited a long time. We've essentially built a podcast around this moment. Do you think, uh, I think, Hans, you've been the most critical of it so far. I think that there are certainly things that I would have liked to have seen more. It is very character development oriented. Um, do you think it was a good start to the last season of Game of Thrones? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jeremy? Yeah, I was really happy with it. Um, we talk a lot about episodes that are exciting, that have like great battles, and there's really not a lot of thought in it. I think this does... I agree with Hans in the sense, I like that it, you got a lot of the reintroduction of characters, seeing people they haven't seen in a long time, and I think kind of going, okay, we're all here. Let's let the shit happen now. Like, let's... Yeah. We've all got that fuzzy feeling... But this is Game of Thrones. Like, we know bad is coming. And everyone got their moment of happiness. Yay, all the Starks are happy. They feel like their shit's happening again. And I just feel like it's coming. And we know the big battles in, in Ep 3, supposedly, right? Like the, the I, win- winter. I, I said that I predicted that, but I don't know if they've confirmed that. Oh, I thought they said that. that, that the, oh, man, maybe I'm wrong. I thought they said that the that that longest taping of episode was the third episode. I definitely agree I with you. If you did, if it maybe I'm thinking of just our conversation. Oh, that's that's soon. It the looks way things like are going. The, yeah, from the preview of the next episode, it looks like they're almost about ready to pop off. <laughs> like yeah, and I think um, that'd be cool if we get whatever fucking shit happens next episode, which can't be too crazy because I feel like. This this fragile alliance, even in Winterfell, has to maintain some sort of structure for them to have a battle, right? And we know yeah. it's going to come. I just yeah. I feel like Winterfell's uh, Winterfell's falling. It's and I I would be, I think episode four we're going to have like a broken, destroyed army, and I don't know how many dragons we're going to have left. Shit, son. Things, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great, it's a great, uh, I'm ready to see what happens. I'm pumped for the next one. I think the episode did its job. Uh, so I'm ready for, I'm ready for number two. But Me before too. we get to that on Sunday, right now, as we're speaking on Wednesday, Hans, tell me about that dark chocolate banana scone. So you know how I feel about chocolate. <laughs> I, I do know that you have some thoughts on the subject. Uh... First of all, the scone is from the Outpost Grocery Store, which has 
backed about 80% of my scones, I would say, at this sure. point. So you uh, did not stick to the treaty of we're baking all the scones for season eight? No. Okay. I've baked enough scones, I feel Perfect. like. Perfect, yeah. I don't, I don't uh, agree with that at all. I don't, I don't so agree with that. <laughs> uh, I, sh- I say I. Jenna has baked enough scones at this point. Um, Jenna, the new fan favorite cast member, by the way. Yeah, didn't take much. <laughs> the, no, uh, no. the bar is low. <laughs> uh, so, the dark chocolate banana scone? Yeah, it's, uh, it's okay. We're, we're home, boys. <laughs> <laughs> feels, right, feels right right now. We'll be back uh, next week on Wednesday. I think that this works out well. It's kind of awkward. Obviously, Sunday, we're hyped and everything, but we just can't record and edit it and get it out there. We want to have time to compress our feelings and thoughts and get something slightly concise out to you guys uh, in a seemingly timey, timely fashion. So if you have any other thoughts about... Uh, a day that would work better. You can go fuck yourself, but you can also email us at uh, thronesandscones at gmail.com. And as of right now, we'll plan to be back next Wednesday with uh, Season 8, Episode 2. Get down with G-O-T! Yeah, you know yeah, me. Yeah, you know me! Uh, but I don't even think we mentioned about mentioned it formally. What was your guys' favorite parts? What was your favorite part of the episode? Uh, Cersei was my favorite part of the episode. Oh, yeah, you did say that. Jeremy? I, I probably just Arya in the show, and I mean that in the sense like all her interactions I thought were really good and interesting. Like it, there was that comment of like MVP should be Sansa from all of her glares and her her <laughs> kind of like witty remarks. But I thought Arya's like working through the characters was the best part for me. So I enjoyed that okay. stuff the most. I thought her and Gendry's interaction was a bit goofy. It was odd. Uh, yeah, it, it was, was almost better. like they're trying like to make once a little. They started to smile. I think they're trying to make a relationship that's not there. Yeah, they're trying to make a little love connection there. Yeah. Sounds what I got. It's out like of you that. look good, and she's like, "Yeah, you you do too." And I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah." Say it with a question mark because fuck that. Don't do that. I was yeah. kind of into it when they when they were hinting at it uh, seasons ago. I don't want to know, Mo. Yeah, me either. As things stand right now. Get it out. Get it out. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a he's a weak character for her to like, in my opinion. Mm. If Arya, yeah, Arya is she should be fucking a dragon or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But my 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 favorite episode or my favorite episode, my favorite part of the episode, uh, and it's it's not it's not going to come to a surprise now. My uh, mm. the, the man crush is coming back. <laughs> I uh, I just I loved the whole bit. I love the the entire scene of Tormund yeah. <laughs> getting getting uh, the Night's Watch guys, the fucking creepy ass kid on the wall, the simp like the it was cool. I like that whole thing cool. it was great. I thought it was interesting that he stopped like he was leading the way and then stops at the dark entrance. Is like fuck that. Well, I kind of expected. I was like, oh, Beric's gonna go forward, light his sword on fire, and then he did not. And then he did not exactly. And then he's like, oh, I thought I thought. I thought this was like that lighting moment where you light your... Nope, not... Okay, I'll just follow you. Beric's like, it's not quite in the budget yet. We need to be more dramatic first. Uh, Apparently, they go through those swords like freaking crazy. Apparently, those swords, once lit on fire, do not last long. (laughs) Well, because they're like... They've got jets in them. And uh, I guess they just... They they wear them out pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, And just because I've never given him credit, really, for anything, I want to give credit... There were, I think, a lot of good lines in the show. I love every line about an elephant. 
truly. It was good. Um, but in the Cersei Euron thing, Cersei's saying, you know, Euron's like, well, maybe you should suck it. And uh, Cersei's like, uh, she's like, you're, you're arrogant or, you know, she calls him a number of uh, narcissistic names. But she's like, you know, I've killed men for less. And he just goes, they were lesser men. Like, <laughs> it's a ball of lime. Yeah. Do you, have you, uh, you guys both watch Parks and Rec? Yeah. Yeah, the year the, the on scene with Cersei <laughs> reminds me of when Paul Rudd is on Parks and Rec. Yeah. And he's running for office and he's like the rich spoiled boy or whatever he's talking. He, he invites yeah. Leslie out and he just goes, just give it to me, <laughs> but I, I want it. <laughs> just give it. <laughs> he's like the he's like the the candy empire's son or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, I know we're already kind of running a little long here, but you know, now that we're going so long in between episodes, so much has happened. Um, First of all, rest in peace, the Notre Dame. Yeah, shit. Yeah, that was fucked up. Which, yeah, they they did save most yeah. of the structure, right? They yeah, just lost like the spire or whatever. But, uh, I mean, that spire, that's that's so sad. I'm very interested to see if what story comes out about that, if they can figure out what happened. Yeah. But <laughs> this is not going to sound like <laughs> It's going to sound like I really don't give a shit. But I have to transition it. We have to, you know, we got to go. Guys, the Star Wars trailer dropped. <laughs> oh, God, I know. <laughs> it sounds insensitive, but guys, the Star Wars trailer dropped. The that was, ti- pretty, the and that title. was pretty out of nowhere, right? I mean, I wasn't ready for that. I, wasn't really, I was not ready for that. I, I kind of thought it was, uh, when I first saw it, I double-taked, and I kind of thought it was like one of those jo- you know, YouTube video like, jo- yeah. like kind of baits or something, where it wasn't actually the trailer. It was like someone just making some shit up or something or talking about what they think it's going to be. Yeah. But damn, it was real. Uh, it was real. I was, yeah, I was, I was absolutely expecting to get through Avengers before we saw any sort of star Wars thing from Disney. But, uh, what'd you guys, what'd you guys think? First impression. I think Hans and I have talked about it a little bit, but Jeremy, you said, you yeah, had thoughts. I, I'm really excited for it. Um, in the sense that, I like that Ray finally looks like she can hold a lightsaber and not be a bitch and like, you know, like look inept to doing it. Like she like seems pretty comfortable with it in her hand. Um, mm-hmm. I like that it's the Skywalker lightsaber still and that, you know, uh, which I think is cool. Um, the whole TIE fighter Imperial thing, like skimming across the sand to run her over as she's like flipping over it. Seems a little dumb Hans to me. I didn't like that either. I, I kind of think it's a forced dream, like a Luke confronting Vader type thing. I'm okay with that because it doesn't make it any sense. It, it just doesn't make sense. Sure. Like, why wouldn't you just shoot her and be yeah. there? Yeah, exactly. Or, or, or why wouldn't you, as she was jumping, why wouldn't you just pull up and just smash her and then just fly <laughs> off? Like, who cares? Fuck sure. And then, like, why then would you stay flick. at that level and be like, oh, she's jumping over me with a lightsaber? Yeah. She could, like, like, Beep. I can just turn Explode. it, just yeah, turn it up, smash her, and then flick the windshield wipers off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then land and get a sweet lightsaber. I thought it was badass. Yeah, I liked the trailer overall, um, quite a bit. I like that we got some cool scenes that showed us some cool scenery. Don't really know what's gonna be going down necessarily. Uh, the, de- um, the Death Star in the water was such a badass scene, right? It was cool. And there was a lot of speculation. 
from Hans and myself who couldn't be bothered to read. Apparently, it's absolutely confirmed that that was uh, that was Palpatine at the end there. Oh, laughing. what do you mean? What do you mean it was confirmed? Like they said, that's who it is. Like <laughs> he's back. I don't understand how he would be back. Well, so it could be a Force Ghost type thing. <clears throat> but I mean, in in the original extended canon of Star Wars, the Emperor comes back an awful lot. He's got like clones and shit. Uh, I don't think they're going to go to that level. I think that he's just going to be involved in like Kylo or something. Um, yeah, because is Kylo a master now? Because he's no longer the apprentice because he killed his master. I guess so. And where's his apprentice? That would be kind of cool. Mm. Well, so, yeah, so that'll be interesting because he talked about like kind of killing the Sith, killing the Jedi. So maybe they won't go with that, or you know, maybe he does have an apprentice. Oh. By the way, that was badass when he uses the hilt of the sword to to like take the guy down. That was yeah, probably that was the coolest picture. Super not uh like practical. <laughs> yeah. He let that guy get real close. Yeah, it was pretty but, badass though. But it, it was, was badass. Awesome it's like yeah. in a run. Yeah. Yeah, that was I don't I don't I don't know. I have a lot of questions, but I think that's kind of the point, you know. Obviously we don't know what it means or or anything, so just from what it turns into, it could be great. It could be great, but first impressions, not knowing anything. I think out of every movie that's come out, with the exception of Solo, it's the weakest title. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker is weak. Yeah, it just doesn't. I not mean, but favorite. we don't know how they're gonna. Do, yeah, uh, I was reading good. something with uh, with her hugging, you know, Leia and crying like that was her like realizing like she's. I mean, because in from the books. Like Leia and Han have twins. Uh, in the original books, yeah, they got a few kids, but they do have twins. Yeah, but they have twins, and so that was thought to be the twins, the boy and the girl. Again, very much similar to Luke and and Leia in that sense. Who was thought to be the twins? Oh, like that would be like uh, Ray and and them and, and uh, Kylo and Kylo. Mm. But then. Yeah. They wouldn't. That wouldn't make no sense because then the entire time when they're talking about how how much they love their son, they wouldn't talk about how much they love their daughter. Yeah, I absolutely think that. Uh, I absolutely think that Ray is absolutely the parent or the child of nobody. Yeah, because if Ray would be the child of of Luke, that would be even more messed up because yeah. then that ruins Luke for a lot of people. Uh, I'm thinking Ray is the child of Chewbacca. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, I think the the theory for a while there was that Ray was somehow, and I get, I don't know how it would work, but I think the the prevailing theory was that Ray was somehow related to Obi Wan because they were both British. <laughs> yep, that was the only thing tying them. <laughs> I like the theory strong. though, especially uh, well, there was also the fact that Obi Wan was in her vision. Yeah. Obi Wan's voice was in her vision. But, uh, yeah. Or Yoda's baby. I will say, again, just, I think I'm learning from Game of Thrones. I just gotta, you know, I can healthfully speculate, but I just want to be along for the ride. Because my theory for episode nine has already been disproven. Um, I thought we were going to time jump, like, at least five years. Um, and start with Leia being dead. And it doesn't look like that happened, so. Well, they said that it was a really good ending for her, and I'm, I don't know... Obviously, they've they taped a lot before her death, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. She was the weaker part of the last episode. So, what'd you guys think of Lando coming back? 
thought that was good. If they don't overplay it, I think it'll be cool. Yeah. I just rewatched uh, the Solo movie, and uh, it made me like Lando more than initially. The whole cape thing is pretty awesome. I uh, I like Donald Glover a lot. I thought Lando was the weakest part of that movie. Oh, in in Solo? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like him. I don't know why. It just for some reason it just didn't vibe with me. I actually kind of liked the kid who played Han. Uh, me too. I know a lot of people didn't care for him. Okay, I won't say the least. The Darth Maul cameo is the worst part of that movie. It is the um, worst part. Daenerys isn't bad. She's fine. She's okay. Yeah, but she's I think okay. Her character's largely stupid, but stupid. her performance is good. Yeah. Um, Woody Harrelson is fine, except for the fact that his wife dies, and then he's fine like ten minutes later. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's weird, right? It's an odd movie, um, but it's actually the first one. I, in my head, it's like I still enjoyed it. I, I liked the movie. I don't think that anyone was terrible. Um, I thought there were some pretty good performances. Paul Bettany was good, but um, it is the first one I haven't bought. I just I haven't bought it yet. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Right. 